Welcome back to another Textination interview. I'm Fred Fishkin, and joining us is Vic Kashyap, founder and CEO of a company called Toy Labs. Not toys, T-O-I Labs. Thanks for jumping on with us, Vic. My pleasure, Fred. Great to be on today. Give us an overview of what Toy Labs is all about, and we'll talk about the, the, the product that you're bringing to market. Yeah, so Toy Labs is a is 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 a company that actually springs from over a decade of uh, experience that I've had, uh, and what it is is a system that can effortlessly and in people's bathrooms understand more about their health and wellness, much more so than existing technologies such as wearables can do. So what we've developed, our first product is called Trulu. It is a replacement toilet seat. It can be affixed to any toilet in a matter of minutes. Uh, it's the world's first connected toilet seat and it analyzes the stool and urine of the user to create a very personalized understanding of the person's uh, health and wellness uh, in terms of what can be gleaned from, uh, from their output. That sounds almost unbelievable. You're doing that. This is a, a seat, you replace the toilet seat Obviously, you need a, an outlet nearby to plug it in. So, and then there are sensors. Tell me how this all works, how it comes together. Yeah, so, so we consciously built this so that it's not battery powered. Uh, we wanted to be able to have it installed uh, just once and forgotten. Uh, it can also be cleaned uh, in a normal fashion as well. It actually does not require an outlet that's near the toilet. It actually uses a very thin wire that can be uh, connected into a regular outlet that might be up to 25 feet away. So uh, once it is powered, uh, it has a number of sensors in the device. It looks like any other toilet seat, but it is capable of understanding uh, if someone is in front of it, if they're sitting, if they're standing, uh, if, uh, if, if they um, are in the middle of a, a urination or bowel movement, or if they're ending it, uh, all the context around a particular uh, type of what we call a toileting session, uh, the system has the ability to understand. And what it does is it connects uh, to the internet via home Wi-Fi, and it, uh, it then sends that data that's collected and analyzed uh, into a secure environment uh, where, uh, where we, uh, where we uh, can, 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 can use it to, uh, to help uh, deliver number of different uh, types of things that we can talk about. Well, well tell me about the value. Are, are, you, are you analyzing what's in the water? You have sensors there or how? Obviously, yeah, it's so, not the, in the seat. Yeah. So this is this is a, a, um, a product that is really a platform that we're, we're integrating a number of different pieces uh, of health and wellness uh, monitoring and diagnostics into. The first uh, product that we have that's in market today uh, is really based on a technology known as computer vision. And so this is uh, the technology that's often used to drive things like self-driving cars and self-flying planes. Uh, it uses very advanced optical technology to begin to understand uh, all of the uh, characteristics about the stool and urine that can be gleaned from it. And so there's actually a fair amount of information uh, even from the visual analysis of stool and urine, uh, that is very useful. And this has been known for hundreds of years. 
Uh, in fact, it's, it's, it may be kind of funny, but the King of England actually used to have a servant called the groom of the stool, whose job was to examine uh, the excreta of the, uh, of the King of England. And, and so similarly, you know, for, for anyone who goes to a doctor's office and reports a particular type of problem, doctors often as part of the clinical practice of medicine are going to ask questions about uh, your excreta. They may ask you, for example, when did you last go? Uh, what was it like? Uh, how frequent is it? Uh, these sorts of questions. And so being able to create a very detailed, objective and digital and effortlessly collected uh, record of all of this information, we think uh, is going to have a profound impact on uh, our ability to understand what's happening inside our bodies. So it's, it's essentially a, a camera sensor? You know, we, we, don't, we don't call it a I camera. know you don't want to say that. But I mean, I'm <laughs> just, you're we imaging. Don't a, we don't call it a camera because really the, the purpose of this product is not to take a picture and the way a camera does, it's really to do more what's known as scientific imaging. And so we have a very specific goal in mind when we're doing this imaging that we are uh, understanding. And I think one of the things that a lot of people sometimes uh, when they hear about this technology, they're concerned, hey, am I, you know, you're gonna be taking pictures of, of me and or sensitive, is sensitive information going to be collected about me? And, and the answer to this is that is that the system itself actually captures no body part of the individual. The imaging that we do captures no body part. And the information is actually very, um, uh, you cannot really even associate the information with an individual, the way we have set up the system. And so privacy is something that's built into the core of what we're doing. And uh, and it's interesting because you know we've deployed quite a few of these seats, and when we talked to uh, senior living residents, uh, we were expecting that one of the first concerns would be around, you know, is this going to invade my privacy? But what we found is that once people understand really what the technology is is doing from a privacy standpoint, and then also they understand what it has the potential to do, and that you know that's what's so exciting about this, they. Um, you know, the, you know the, those those privacy concerns really um, really are addressed uh, without any issues. So, what do you have the potential to do with with uh, with the seat? So, it's very interesting. So, we we have um, this is a technology that's very very new, and we are still understanding the limits and boundaries of what the technology can actually impact from a clinical and clinical outcome standpoint. That's one of the reasons that we opted very early on in the company's development to do all of the validation studies on this product through an IRB approved clinical study. And so, um, and studies which are ongoing. And so uh, from 2019, uh, we really have made a commitment to study this in a proper scientific fashion. And so, what we've discovered, Fred, is I'd say two uh, main things that are very interesting so far in the course of our clinical studies. The first is that the system uh, has the ability to, when compared against what is being done today in the practice of senior living. So I think it's important to mention that our clinical studies have all been done in senior living settings. 
They've done in, been done in assisted living, independent living, uh, and memory care settings. And one of the things that we have found uh, through this clinical study is that today about 50% of operators, they do what's called bowel movement or toileting logging, where they have caregivers who are actually looking at accompanying uh, residents, looking into the toilet after they defecate or urinate, interpreting that information, and then recording them, uh, typically uh, into an EHR, but it also in some cases we've seen is done on pen and paper. That process is uh, something that's very human. It's something that's a very unpleasant task for the caregiver to do. And it's something that our system can automate and also do in a more accurate, complete, and consistent manner. And we've demonstrated that. Now, now that we've demonstrated that, we also um, have, um, you know, the, the kind of the corollary to that, or or the you know, kind of kind of kind of the ability now to to more objectively understand this kind of information, is beginning to show uh, some significant impacts in our ability to have the system be correlated to, or uh, you know, as we're working on our, our our additional studies, be predictive of particular types of diseases and conditions, and so. There's a set of conditions that are fairly common and chronic in senior living settings. These include things like urinary tract infections, dehydration, infectious diarrhea, bleeding, bowel impactions. These types of issues lead to a number of downstream issues if they're not addressed. They can lead to ER visits, they can lead to hospitalizations, they can lead to falls. And uh, we're really studying all of the uh, ability of a system like this, which is really the first system of its kind, to be able to, in the background, passively be able to detect early changes in these, uh, in these, these, these kinds of logs that we've automated. And the potential for this is we, as we, you know, we, we have multiple uh, gastro, we have multiple gastroenterologists who are on our team, we have nurses, as our clinical team looks at the types of data that the system is developing, and when you see what it can have in terms of an impact on someone's life and the outcomes on their health, it's really very, very exciting. And I can give you some very specific examples where we've seen, uh, we've seen urinary tract infections, we've seen upper GI bleeding, uh, we've seen uh, a number of other, we've seen chronic uh, recurring C. difficile infection, where today uh, in the subjects who we've studied, there's no way for them to understand when the signs and symptoms and signals of these diseases are showing up. They also don't know what, what the effect is often of a particular treatment because these types of um, signs and signals are not being recorded in an accurate and objective manner. And so uh, we think that this is, this is going to have a very significant impact on being able to really uh, get a glimpse into someone's actually changing health state uh, without them having to proactively communicate it or fall uh, or uh, you know, end up in an acute situation where they have to be hospitalized or go to the ER. 
As you know, there's a, a real effort to use technology to allow people to live independently for, for longer. Can this be used in the home uh, as well as in a, in a facility? And where does the data go? And it goes, I assume, to uh, your facilities and then to perhaps my doctor or tell me how this works. So this is, a, the Trulu is designed to be a home product. Now, whether it's in a congregate setting like senior living or whether it's in someone's home, this is designed really to be in someone's home. And so as such, uh, even though we're, right now we're focused on proving the technology and conducting our clinical studies in an institutional senior living setting, this product is ultimately designed to go to the home and to do exactly what you just mentioned, Fred, which is we really want to be able to enable individuals to live in their home longer and more effectively and uh, and, 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 and have a better quality of life and have less suffering. And something like this is really designed uh, to do that. And, and in a sense, it's a different than any other product that's in the market. You don't have to do, make any effort, unlike a blood pressure cuff or a uh, thermometer or a uh, wearable uh, or uh, a diabetes um, measurement system. This is actually designed from the ground up to be completely effortless, which is, I think, a really important thing to mention for this demographic. Now, regarding your second question, Fred, about the ownership of data, so, uh, so our position on this is that this data is owned by the individual. It is actually protected health information that is owned by the individual, and if they want to get this information, they can receive it, they can share it with their physician or physicians, it is theirs. Now the analysis is done in a very secure environment in our, uh, you know, at our company, but we follow practices that ensure that we're doing the analysis in a way which makes it, um, you know, highly protected. Uh, and, and, but, but, but our, our, our position is that really this, this data, much like with other healthcare providers, it belongs at the end of the day to the individual. How would your customer know whether there's something to be concerned about? Are you tied in? Is it an app that connects to your company? Tell me, tell me how this works. So there are multiple ways that this information can be provided. We do have an app and it, it can be received via an app. We're collecting such a large amount of information that a lot of what we're doing is actually making sure that the information uh, can be interpreted effectively by both users as well as clinicians. And so we can provide this information uh, in a number of formats. So we have a, 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 an established partnership and relationship with Point Click Care, which is one of the largest uh, electronic medical records in the senior living space. And with them, what we're doing is we're automating a, a new area for them that's a, really of interest, which is uh, really around activities of daily living. Today, there are very, very few ways to understand in an automated way the activities of daily living of a particular individual. Uh, this product would be able to do it with zero effort on the part of the individual and then automatically integrated 
into the electronic health record. So obviously for, 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 for people who are living in a senior living community that are using point-click care, this would be a way that they would be able to get this information. Of course, we also have the ability for caregivers, uh, the users themselves, because we have our own app to get this information. And um, it's- uh, you, you would be telling me that there may be something to be concerned about. You should see your physician and share what we, the, this, this data. Sure, absolutely. So, so we, we actually have uh, two types of information that we provide back to uh, clinicians and to users. One is, uh, is what we consider uh, something that's a, a deviation that they should be aware of and they may be able to take a non-medical intervention around. So for example, uh, we may be able to detect certain signs and signals that may suggest that someone may benefit from a non-medical intervention, something like drinking more, something as simple as, for example, drinking more water. Now, we're not making that recommendation. I want to be very clear about that. We're not providing medical guidance. But what we are doing is we are providing um, documentation around something that today there is no real automated documentation around that can be then used to determine if someone may want to change their diet or liquid intake. Who would be the one that would tell me maybe you should be drinking more water then? So that would be something that, that <laughs> that's a very good question. That would be something that, that, that we would be able to share with you the underlying changes that are being observed, but ultimately it would be up to you and uh, you know, the, your, your, um, your, 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 your doctors to ultimately you know, make a determination about that. But, but uh, there are some you know, significant amounts of literature that suggest, for example, that urine color, for example, is associated with a less hydrated state. Now, we're not gonna recommend that you drink more liquid, but there is uh, evidence and certainly scientific backing uh, to certain types of changes that we're observing that uh, may relate back to uh, things that you may wanna change in your day-to-day -day life. Now, the, the second type of, 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 of uh, uh, of documentation that we're capable of doing is really much more serious documentation where we have determined and found something that really is much more concerning and should be reviewed by an individual's doctor or you know, existing primary care provider or doctor. And what we do in this situation is that we document the issues and we then provide it in a way that can be shared with the individual's doctor. Again, we're not going to be providing that medical um, uh, uh, interpretation and service, but what we can do is provide the, you know, very clear documentation that is um, vetted for its, um, you know, its clinical utility and make sure that that can then be provided to the individual's doctor so they can make the appropriate decision. I'm assuming there's a subscription model attached. Uh, tell me how it works. Yeah, we, we, we try to make um, using uh, the Trulu as easy as possible. So we have a, a fully baked uh, subscription and service model. Uh, you simply, uh, at least um, this is what we're doing in senior living today. Uh, you simply uh, pay a small uh, monthly fee and you get the seat and you get the service 
and uh, we do uh, the installation. And uh, even though it's a very inst easy install, we want to make sure everything goes smoothly. Uh, and so it's, um, yes, it's a subscription model. Can you give us an idea about the pricing? You know, I, I prefer not to not to uh, talk about pricing because it, it really does depend on volume. But I will say this, that the pricing that we that we're charging is far less than most, if not almost all of the subscription models that have been adopted in senior living to date. I guess another trick question, if this goes into a household, how do you know who's going? <laughs> That's a great question. So we, we, we've spent a lot of time on this and we have a technology that we internally call buttprint that actually can distinguish between two uh, or in some cases more known users of the, uh, of the product. And so uh, we, we actually have different- Kind of like unlocking your phone with your fingerprint? <laughs> exactly, Fred. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. It's, there's a lot of puns, a lot of jokes that can be made. But um, yeah, we, we, we call it butt print. And, and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not as uh, difficult of a problem as you might imagine. So what led to this? How did this, what's the, what's the story, how this came about, Vic? Yeah, so <laughs> I got to tell you, Fred, never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that I would be doing this. I've, I've been an, uh, an entrepreneur, an inventor, a technologist in Silicon Valley for uh, quite a while. And um, I've been building companies uh, in, in, in Silicon Valley. Uh, and I also suffer from a disease called ulcerative colitis. And I discovered uh, that I had this disease about 15 years ago, and I've, you know, had to struggle with it for a long time. I have had a very, I have a very severe case of it, and my doctor um, recommended that I have my colon removed. And at that time, I, uh, I decided that I was going to embark on a kind of a side project where I was going to figure out if I could treat this in a different way. And so I invented a new treatment for my ulcerative colitis. It worked and uh, I wanted to help other people with this treatment and study the way that it worked on me. And so I approached some scientists at UCSF and we collaborated for four years uh, to publish a paper in Science Translational Medicine. And it was that experience, Fred, that really got me thinking and obsessed with this notion of, you know, someone like me who is able to work with all these researchers at a place like UCSF and can really understand the effect of what a treatment is doing for me, how can I bring something like that to the masses? How could someone benefit from, you know, from, from, from being able to continuously understand more about their output and create a feedback loop? So anyway, I, I became very, very interested in turning this sci-fi sci concept, which has been written about, uh, which is really around you know, the toilet being the most important health and wellness product in the home, I began to think about how do I turn this into a reality? And so I spent many, many years working on this. I even moved to Japan uh, and I was going to build this company from Japan, but I, I came back to Silicon Valley. Uh, I partnered with a gentleman who uh, is one of the only other people in Silicon Valley who has built a toilet technology company. Uh, he's the founder and chairman of Brondell. 
and uh, and we uh, we joined forces and and we've been at it and um, you know it's 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 been an incredible ride, but I have to say I, it, it's a very very unexpected one. Really, an interesting story, Vic, and I'm glad that 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 you're doing so much better. That's great to hear. And also, congratulations! You were the uh, recipient of uh, the annual Silicon Valley Boomer Venture Summit competition held by Mary Furlong, who I do a podcast with as well. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Uh, that, that, that's a fantastic conference and Mary's done a great job bringing, uh, bringing more technology into this space. For more information, where can people go? For more information, people can visit our website, which is www.toylabs.com. And that's T-O-I-L-A-B-S.com. And, uh, and, and we, we, we publish a lot there and you'll see a lot of changes and a lot of uh, interesting things happening there over time. Terrific. Vic Kashyap, thank you so much for taking the time with us. My pleasure, Fred. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers, and that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, Without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC SkyWave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.